Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in collaboration with Zurich Insurance Company where we are going to discuss a specific group captive case study, the potential for future group captive growth in Canada and why the concept has not really ever taken off in Europe but perhaps the time is now. So joining me for the next 20 minutes are Grant Mitchell from Canadian Transport and Haulage Business Westcam Bulk and also Chairman of the Board of Directors at Fleet Resolutions Insurance Limited, Linda D'Souza, Vice President of Automobile and Transportation at Zurich Canada, Jean-Pierre Paquet, Senior Vice President of the Alternative Risk Transfer Practice at Zurich Canada, and Joshua Neaberry, who is Head of Captive Fronting for Europe and also supports the fronting managers in Asia Pacific and Latin America regions. Our team of speakers will discuss the mechanics of Group Captives, specifically FR Insurance Limited, as well as trends in Canada and Europe. But Grant begins by telling us about Westcam Bulk and the benefits from being a member of FR. Yeah, thanks Richard, I'd love to. So for the past 57 years, Westcan has operated a leading Canadian transport business serving customers throughout Canada. We own and operate two business divisions, hauling and construction operations. Westcan owns in excess of 1,100 tractors, 2,500 trailers, and 250 pieces of construction equipment. In addition, we operate 23 facilities in strategic locations across the country, from British Columbia to Quebec, and then across the Northwest Territories. We've got 1,300 employees and contractors with a strong safety record, which we owe to their professionalism and attention to detail. We believe our significant scale and specialized asset base, strategically located facilities, and highly trained staff and long-standing history coupled with our strong safety record enable us to provide superior service to our customers. Our holding division is the primary business of Westcam. We operate primarily from BC across the north and out to Quebec. We are amongst the largest bulk commodity carriers in Canada, hauling both liquid and dry bulk products. Our construction operations operate north of the 60 and focused on winter road construction, as well as servicing our diamond mines in addition to local communities. We operate seven warehouse storage facilities uh, for salt and fertilizer across Western Canada, a 4.5 million liquid calcium storage tank in Winnipeg, and a 160 million liter tank farm for diesel fuel in Yellowknife. Westcan's business has expanded significantly with 13 acquisitions since 2010. We've been a member of FR Insurance Limited since 2010 and have been very engaged and active. This has benefited us for many reasons lower insurance premiums than available in the commercial market, access to higher excess limits, 2 million of cargo coverage, our map marsh gap audits and attendance at safety meetings, reduced adjuster fees, receipted dividends, and most importantly, sharing of best practices and continuous improvement initiatives with best-in-class members and industry leaders. In essence, we're able to control our own destiny being part of this prestigious group. So you mentioned there, Grant, obviously, that the, the kind of historic and current success of FR. What was the original uh, genesis of FR and, and what has made it such an ongoing success? FR was established by Merch in August of 2002 um, with a group of seven like-minded and safety-conscious carriers with the goal of providing reasonably priced insurance coverage with the potential for a return of premiums through a dividend mechanism. Really, the 
the genesis for the success has been best-in-class members, all safety-minded individuals and leaders in our industry. That's really been the key to the success of, of this group. As of 2021 renewal year, the captive membership have, has grown from seven to 22 carriers. And FR has returned almost $21 million in dividends to members. Members benefit from sharing of best practices through mandatory twice annual safety meetings and an annual general meeting. Members also benefit from having access to umbrella and excess liability markets in an ever-tightening market at competitive prices as a result of major volume by discount. Broader coverage than generally found in the market. Our adjuster services are provided at reduced prices. We also control selection of participants into the program. All participants are required to achieve minimum scores in March's annual gap audit. There's no charge for acquisitions when addition is less than 25% of the fleet's current unit size during the year added. We're able to offer owner-operator coverage to our contractors, non-owned auto coverage, and any lesser providing rented or leased vehicles is added as an additional support. Zurich provides a three-year rolling commitment to FR each renewal, which gives us stability on the larger markets. You touched there on that kind of uh, stability provided by that kind of three-year rolling renewal. Um, so Grant and Linda, I'll come to you first on this, Grant. How does the mechanics of FR work? You know, what, what rights or shares do the members have and how is premium set and underwriting the profit divided? Yeah, great question, Richard. So each member owns one share of FR, uh, purchased for $50,000 and is entitled to one vote at the annual general meeting. This also allows you know, a member to have a representative, actually they're required to have a representative on our safety council, which entails those twice a year meetings, uh, which really digs deep into what has happened the past six months, what, what's new out there in terms of opportunities to improve our safety performance, both as carriers and as an overall group including new opportunities for, for technologies to help enhance our operations. Um, there's very, various levels of deductibles based on the carrier size and need, and various levels of self-insured retentions or deductibles are available as well. Yeah, with respect to the FR captive structure, there is a 400,000 captive layer and it's split between a frequency layer, which is members own layer for their claims within uh, 150,000. And they pay that uh, premium during the first uh, run of the policy term. There's also the potential to have a second call on that frequency should their losses exhaust uh, the first frequency. Above that is a severity layer that's shared amongst all of the members. So everybody contributes into that premium uh, so that when losses breach the frequency layer and go into the severity, they share it as a whole, which uh, is why it's even more important that they're all like-minded individuals with respect to their uh, safety and loss control. Above the captive layer is a Zurich risk transfer where we provide uh, excess limits uh, up to 5 million. The captive has a protection uh, with respect to the frequency and the severity uh, through a stop loss uh, or an aggregate on those uh, losses that's uh, reinsured by Zurich. So once um, the frequency is exhausted and the severity is exhausted, then it comes back to Zurich from the first dollar and we take care of that through the stop loss. Hey Richard, I'll just jump back in as well. Dividends, so each captive member has a capital account within, within FR. Once all claims are settled for a given policy year, if there is a surplus related to that year, a dividend may be declared. 
Members that have a surplus relating to that policy year receive the following. If a second frequency premium has been paid in any year resulting in issuance of preferred shares, the preferred shares are redeemed resulting in a return of capital. If a member has no preferred shares or all preferred shares have been redeemed, the dividend is paid to the member in cash. Once a dividend has been declared, even if the dividend has not been paid, it must be reported in the taxation year declared and included in taxable income. There's also a reserve committee where FR members participate in the reserve committee whose mandate is to review the outstanding claims, reserves, and to declare dividends for years that are closed or nearly closed. Once a year has passed its anniversary date, reserves can still be impacted by an increase in reserve of a known claim or by an IBNR claim. The committee also provides input into the decision to purchase tail insurance in order to finally close out a year with lingering claims of low value. This committee also makes dividend recommendations for years that are closed or nearly closed. We also have an investment committee. The mandate of the investment committee is to review the investments held as satisfaction of our collateral requirements. Committee members receive the investment advisor reports quarterly for the review. The committee meets with our investment advisors once per year during our annual offshore meeting and makes investment recommendations to the members. In essence, we're controlling our entire destiny together, both from the typical insurance requirements and and premiums, as well as the investments that we make in in each other in our overall capital. Great. It's really good to have that that context from you, Grant, and and from Linda about a real success story of a, of a group captive that you're a part of. I, I just want to broaden out now and look at the the bigger picture. So, uh, Jean-Pierre, what are, what are the types of sectors that you think are, are most suitable for uh, group captives? I would say, first of all, uh, we are currently observing a keen interest from sectors suffering from a reduction of capacity provided by the traditional insurance market. Transportation is one of them, but industries with large property exposures like manufacturing, energy, and real estate are other examples. Secondly, sectors with existing grouping like business or industry associations might be predisposed to regroup for insurance purposes. But it requires a sufficient number of mid-sized firms with financial stability within a sector to create a viable long-term group captive. But for any sector or industry, we should keep in mind that insurance brokers are significant players in facilitating the creation and maintenance of group captives. I think FR is a great example of this. Individual brokers specialized in a given industry should have the ability to create connections between companies that have similar insurance needs. The most common version of group captives is the one made up of companies from the same sector, what we call homogeneous group captive. However, it is worth mentioning that some large group captives regroup companies from different industries. And um, do you think there's potential for more group captive utilization within the, the Canadian market, Jean-Pierre? Of course. If, if we only compare the relatively no, low number of group captives with the very large number of industry associations across Canada, I think the potential becomes obvious. Just with transportation, we count several group captives within the same industry. The growth in their use will depend on the capacity of our industry, I mean, the, the insurance industry, brokers, MGAs, 
insurers to explain and promote such solutions. At Zurich, I can tell you we have ambitious growth objectives in terms of captives because it involves the participation of members who want to increase their ownership of risk, which in turn results in better risk profiles. As I said, although group captives are especially useful in times of hard markets for premium savings and access to capacity, they address many other needs in the long term. Group captives, as any other captives, give the ability to offer coverage that is difficult to find, like natural or man-made catastrophic insurance. In the near future, social inflation might as well impact the ability of the insured to find sufficient liability coverage. So in addition to managing insurance market cycles, the other fundamentals behind the creation of a group captive, like prevention, control over claims, risk management incentives, training, and so on, they, they are there to stay. And by the way, this is not unique to Canada. Yeah, not unique to Canada, as you say. And, and we know that the uh, group captive concept has been particularly well adopted by the uh, American market, huge numbers of, of, of uh, group captive participants in, in the USA. But one area that I've had several conversations with over many, many years is why we've never really seen the group captive model take off uh, in Europe or really be uh, adopted. Josh, wh why do you think that has historically been the case and, and what have been the, the challenges or, or obstacles that need to be overcome? Right, thanks, Richard. Uh, the group captive concept doesn't seem to be readily transferable to Europe. And sometimes it is honestly difficult to put a finger on what makes the group captives a seldom chosen solution in Europe. One then has to look outside of Europe, in particular North America. Here we're thinking about the US and Canada, where the group captive model is very successful in order to deduce what might be the reason for the less frequent use of the, uh, the group captives in Europe. In no particular order of importance, if I may go through uh, some four main reasons that we've observed. The first and foremost, which actually Grant and uh, Jean-Pierre alluded to is education and awareness and the influence of the captive consultants. One observation we have made in the market is that awareness of advocacy for and education about group captives is crucial to their formation successful implementation and the long-term growth, both of the individual group captive and the industry as a whole. Now, the consultants are integral in the formation and the growth of the captives. And sometimes actually they conceptualize the idea, which they then sell to potential participants. Uh, as well as, you know, this the consultants, they support the members in risk control, overseeing the various functions performed by service providers and advising the captives board. Being part of a group captive, of course, is accepting that you can join forces with market competitors as partners in risk management, and that requires convincing and support along the journey, as well as certain readiness to accept limitations in your level of control of the captive, which is often quite high for a single parent captive. Now, that is the role the consultants play, and compared to the US, there are not many of these captive consultants in Europe. While Europe's captive industry is much smaller than North America, there seems to be not enough business to make it worthwhile for these consultants to set up shop and develop that business here in Europe. The second reason that we, we've observed in the market is that in Europe, the captives face steep competition from the traditional insurers. I'll give you an example. We learned that from a certain transport and logistics association, one of the largest European insurers 
provided their associations special rates that made it unattractive to justify forming a group captive for its members uh, with the required capital commitment and the attendant obligations around the ongoing management of their captive. As Grant mentioned, they have to be in board meetings every year. They have to be part of these committees. So it, it's quite an investment which some of them don't find they can get into that immediately. Thirdly, solvency too has an impact. And generally in Europe, there's a preference for what we call protected cell captives or the PCCs. Mm. Now, group captives are ideal for small and medium-sized companies. Of course, some of them have participants of very large companies in there. Um, but it's because the small and medium-sized entities do not have the scale to establish and operate a single parent captive. Now, the composition of the captives industry is different in Europe, as I said, than North America. Now, the single parent model still remains the predominant model across the two regions. However, in Europe, they've embraced the protected cell captive for the SME sector, while the US has leaned towards the group captives. The group captives are much harder to establish in Europe because of the solvents too, which is cited as a major contributor because of the in increased regulatory burden, capitalization requirements, and generally this apply to the captives as they do to a commercial insurer. Now, Solvents to provide some proportionality when applying this requirement to the captives, but still the member states have significant leeway and a number of them choose to apply them almost in a similar way as they would apply to a well-established reinsurer. And that is a huge burden on them. And they sometimes just opt to uh, stay away from group captives. Lastly, uh, what we call jurisdictional factors. In the US in particular, the states are increasingly competing with each other to attract captives to be set up, but the picture is different in Europe. And one could say that in some way, there does not appear to be sort of a sense of competition among the major European countries to attract captives. And what we observe then is a passive development of group captives or captives in general. Yeah, and just to add to your point regarding solvency too, uh, Josh, obviously, as you say, there's 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 very little proportionality granted to single parent captives in even the major European captive domiciles, and and as such, I'd find it very unlikely that they would grant any more proportionality to group captives where where there is that kind of diversification of of risk. So, just lastly, Josh, do you think now might be the right time to to get group captives in in Europe up and running and to get some traction there? No, absolutely. Uh, first of all, you know, the hard market magnifies the benefits of joining a group captive. It helps to bring stability and predictability to the cost of risk management while offering opportunity for the upside potential when there are positive underwriting results and good investment returns. The other thing is around collaboration for scale. And Grant also alluded to this earlier. Now, within various industries, the SMEs they are competitors in their markets, but they need to come together as partners in matters of risk management. This builds the scale to access specialized services, particularly in the area of loss control uh, or the gap audits uh, that uh, FR is able to procure. And this would actually be quite costly for an SME to procure on its own. So scale also applies not only to matters of risk control, but in the area of investments. 
for better investment returns, we know that actually some group captives have come together and actually established hedge funds that manage up to billions of investments. And as a result, they drive better returns due to scale as opposed to just trying to be a small single parent captive. There's also the point around difficult to insure or emerging risks. When SMEs are faced with certain risks which are considered to be new or emerging, they often face two things, capacity constraints and more exclusions due to lack of information and data about this risk. Now, being part of a group captive, you bring in more members who are able to provide the fronting insurers enough data to adequately evaluate the risk, determine the price, and provide the appropriate terms and conditions. Addressing the same risk individually would be more costly, uh, and it will hold usually come with restrictive terms and conditions. And that is a good reason why companies should come together and form group captives, especially here in Europe. Lastly, if you look around the risk management landscape, there has been an evolution of the strategies or the tools available to control risk within companies. Now, this is a huge investment if you ask any of the companies that have to go through this. Now, you need to be rewarded for the improved risk profile. Being part of a group captive serves to actually reward you for improved risk profile. And this is because of the upside potential from good underwriting results and participation in uh, dividend return, uh, as we saw with the case for FR. Well, thank you to Grant, Linda, Jean-Pierre and Joshua for a very informative 20 minutes or so. If you would like further information on our guests or Zurich's captive services, then please do visit the globalcaptivepodcast.com website and explore the guests and friends of the podcast pages. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well and see you next time, captives. Captives.